This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're gonna go out of here at the Big Eight champion. 93-7 the ticket veteran and Bill Callahan fan club president, Jake Bakovic. I love Billy. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. This is On the Block on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Jake Buckman. He is the Husker Hall of Famer, longtime NBA vet, Eric Strickland, from back in his home. Eric, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? Oh, and you, can, you, you, you can see I'm doing real good. Oh, there he goes. If you, if you don't have the stream up, you, you don't see that he's drinking a nice glass of wine. And we know it's nice from our Thirsty Thursday. Um, Thirsty uh, Thursday. <laughs> Thirsty Thursday deal the other day. Kevin Meyer uh, told us that he is drinking some nice wine. So we know that's that's all that strict drinks there. Um, so uh, very, very cool stuff. Um, we got to get to uh, a few different topics here as we play out today. But I wanted to get to um, some of the ones that may be breaking or, or kind of the news of the day with you first, Strick. Um, Sean Payton. Out the door with the Saints. Um, little little uh, hint to you. Sean Payton might be um, the the theory or the theme, I suppose, um, for shootout with Strick later here in this hour. Um, but oh. uh, was this a bit of a surprise to you, or did you did you kind of heard the rumblings over the last couple of days? Um, but you know, I, sometimes when a guy's with a, a certain franchise for that long, it's hard to imagine him anywhere else. And we don't know if he's if he's retiring, if he's moving to the booth, or if he might want to look for a different quarterback quarterback on a different team that's a little further along in their process. Um, what's your early read on the Sean Payton situation? Yeah, I, I think that's what happens. I mean, losing Drew Brees and, and having that loss and then, you know, unfortunate what happened this year and trying to put something together with the Taysom. I mean, the, um, uh, the Hill quarterback situation and losing Jameis, who was doing pretty well for them. Um, I think they just probably felt it was it was time to make another change another move um i don't think it's going to happen in pittsburgh but it's it's very similar to that you know you're, you're about to possibly start fresh and make another run um sometimes it just happens you just want some fresh blood some fresh ideas some you know uh some fresh thoughts in the room and and so i i don't necessarily feel that it's something crazy or out of the out of the realm or norm but I will say that um, I think he's got some open opportunities to go to some pretty good spots and somebody's going to grab him. He's a very good coach. Um, uh, New Orleans has not had one to do it just as good as him. That's what I will say. I think he's had a wonderful tenure and it's, it's maybe just that time. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see maybe a bit of a bidding war from the teams with the openings, or as I mentioned on the ticket water cooler, teams without openings. There's already rumblings about different teams um, because, I mean, that's how good of a prospect or coaching prospect he is. There's very few guys um, that can kind of hit the open market and threaten guys that have jobs that – 
franchises aren't thinking about moving on from. All of a sudden, John Payton's out there. Maybe you start to think about it. So uh, very fascinating stuff to kind of see how all that plays out. Maybe this offseason, maybe it takes a, a year off or goes to the booth for a few years. Who knows? Um, but it's, it's going to be fascinating to see how all that plays out. Uh, the other big story, and we'll get a little bit more into it here in about 20 minutes. Just initial thoughts, though, from you on the Baseball Hall of Fame selection that should come down here in just under an hour. We'll see if Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and their 10th opportunity, final opportunity, will make the Hall of Fame. Um, so don't spill too much of your beans because, we again, well, that will be the topic of our next conversation. But um, just quick thoughts on, on, on that around the corner and, and kind of what it means for baseball if they, if they decide to still lock those guys out of the Hall of Fame. It's their final opportunity. Yeah, I, I think it's sad. I think it's some some things to consider. I think you you got to really consider the whole body of work. Yeah, I think there are things uh, that people that have been long tenured writers. This it baseball in itself is supposed to be one of the purest forms of what they feel is a sport. You know what I mean? It's America's so called game. You know, yeah. you go and have a hot dog, and you know it's been like that for a long time. And so when whenever they feel that the the heart of that or the spirit of that sport has been tainted. It does put a put a pretty sad mark upon you that with that group it's tough to get rid of. You know what I mean? There's a there's a lot of forgiveness in in some other aspects of this of different sports, and and that's the part. I mean, we can talk about as we get into it, but there that's the part that I think there needs to be part of the discussion is that um, you know there there should be some aspects of people make mistakes, right? And so you can't look at the one error of a mistake of a person's life and then consider that to be their whole body of work. Right. If that's, if that's something that I think should be considered when you're looking at all of these individuals, you know what I mean? I can understand the Pete Rose situation. And that was going to be my question to you during that segment. We'll talk about that too. Just, just, you know, the difference, the unique differences between someone as a Pete Rose and someone as a, you know those different elements yeah. that can hinder somebody from getting in, right? Yeah, certainly two different uh, different deals there, but uh, it, it's all it's all very interesting, and it's kind of a question that it's kind of fun because it's it it, it has been. Um, you know, the, these guys re, re, repeatedly have not made the Hall of Fame, and every year you kind of complain about it and you say this is ridiculous. Uh, but this, but there is a time period where it ends, and, and that is today, where if they don't get in now, uh, they won't be eligible to be on the ballots moving forward. So as we've we've talked about it for ten years, I mean, baseball fans have and debated it, and it, it kind of comes down to this because if these guys, I mean, the, the, you know, the all-time home run king, all-time walks leader, if that guy isn't included, then, you know, kind of what does that mean for the Alex Rodriguez is those guys moving forward uh, as they still have, you know, he's, he's a first time ballot. So he's going to have 10 more opportunities to get in. Um, so it's just fascinating to kind of see how all that stuff plays out. Um, but I did want to talk to a little bit about Husker basketball. Uh, it's been a little bit of a break, a COVID break, obviously two games postponed. Um, and, uh, and I've been twiddling my thumbs. Uh, some Husker fans make the joke. Well, they can't lose if they don't play. I just love Husker basketball. I just want to see Husker basketball out there again so I have some something to talk about. And they have this game with Wisconsin coming up. It's going to be a weird one because it's going to be right at the start of our show on Thursday because of the rescheduling issues to get it on TV on BTN. Um, it's going to be 4 o'clock tip 
on Thursday. So that'll be kind of a fun show to go through that as well. But um, it, it is, it, it's a return of, of Wisconsin. Um, obviously, uh, they've got Chucky Hepburn coming back into the state. So that's a nice little storyline going on as well. Nebraska needs to get the win, obviously, to get off the schneid. 0-8 in conference play. Um, but I just feel, and I don't know if it's the... I do this every time Nebraska plays Wisconsin. I try to like try to gauge the rivalry, right? Because there's been certainly um, big moments on Wisconsin side for football. Nebraska fans will remember um, no sit Sunday for Nebraska basketball um, to beat that Wisconsin team that went to the Final Four, went to the championship game, and that helped propel Nebraska into um, the tournament. But I always think back to it, and, and, and you know, you had another element of that with Wisconsin beating Nebraska in, in such a, in a great. NCAA volleyball championship game this last year. I, I just want Nebraska to get a few more punches in on Wisconsin because they're yeah. very few and far between. And you wonder, you know, I, I, I feel and, and part of this is because it's the four o'clock tip or whatever and stuff like that. So there's, it's hard to get too engaged for an O and eight team. And I get all that. Um, but I just always feel like it's a one-sided rivalry between Nebraska and Wisconsin, which wasn't the idea when the Big Ten um, began, obviously. It was that Wisconsin doesn't have the traditional history of a Nebraska football team, so they might not measure up, but there's still a little bit of a rivalry there. Now when I think of Wisconsin, who had all those rivalries with Iowa and Minnesota for years and years and years, and there's just no real reason to dislike Nebraska too much from their point of view, I always think that rivalry, um, you know, as opposed to, to like the Iowa rivalry, is which is heating up is just has been simmering for so many years and just kind of is is very lackluster especially if I'm a Wisconsin fan I don't know how I'd gather up too much hate for Nebraska I don't know where it'd come from (laughs) yeah I mean you kind of smirk your face a little bit if you're Wisconsin right because you've been very dominant upon them for quite a lot of years now um but, uh, you know, especially with basketball, it could be created based on, you know, a, a Nebraska kid going there to Wisconsin and you, you lost one to that that program. And and uh, with Chucky, I'm sure he's going to be looking at it from that standpoint. Um, I, I, I don't think that we could, especially from a basketball, I, I think it's definitely there for volleyball. It's definitely oh, yeah. there for volleyball. Uh, football, would, they would have to make some noise and, and really do some things to turn that thing around in order to do it. Um, shoot, in basketball, they haven't won a game against the Badgers since January 29th of 2018, <laughs> and they, and they, in which they swept that home-and-home home series, uh, that, that game. And, you know, they've lost the last six, and it hasn't even been close. So it's like six in a row, and you haven't even got a sniff of, of a victory. So uh, – I think it's a significant opportunity. I think the danger of it, this particular game, is that you're playing against the number eight team. This team, uh, I think, it's fifteen and three, or sixteen and three, one of the two, fifteen and three or sixteen and three, and they haven't they haven't lost a back to back game all season. I mean, matter of fact, after they lose a game, they probably run off about five straight before they lose another five or six straight. So that's a that's a danger of what Nebraska's facing. Um, I think it's a tremendous opportunity for Nebraska. There shouldn't be any type of letdown of any sorts. I love the, the I love the the women's back to back, you know, game. You know, I think it could be a, a, a tremendous atmosphere for both uh, teams where the women's can come a little bit early. You know, as long as Nebraska's playing and setting it off, they come a little bit early, get in. 
And then, you know, I heard you have to leave. I think that sucks. You know what I mean? You have yeah. to kind of go back out in the cold and kind of come back in. It would be nice if you can just stage and switch your seats and then yeah. boom, set it off for the next one. So I, I think, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. This could set the Nebraska program rolling downhill. Hopefully, if they get if they could pull this one off, it could be a turnaround part of what they're trying to do and the change and the transition of what they're trying to finish for the rest of the season. So it's a big opportunity for them, but are they going to be ready? We'll see. Yeah, and and like you said, it's kind of been upset uh, central in the Big Ten over the weekend. Maybe that extends over a little bit into Lincoln for that matchup. And it's just, you know, but they're, they're just always uh, such a good example of, of a solid program Wisconsin is. I mean, and, and that's, you know, when we talk about stability and you talk about not beating them since 2018, part of the reason I, I would think that that would be the case is um, Brad Davidson's probably been there since 2018, and Nebraska has a new core every year, so it's hard, especially with the rivalry factor, to really get into it if you don't have the same guys uh, year in and year out. Um, but, I mean, this team's going to be fun. Like you said, Checky Hepburn, um, probably going to get most of the attention from Nebraska fans just because you kind of wonder what could have been or, or what will be with Checky Hepburn in the future and Nebraska having such a great recruiting class but not locking down the state um, and, and losing Checky Hepburn to uh, a rival within the Big Ten. Um, Brad Davidson, like I said, one of the most hated players in college basketball altogether. He'll take a few charges. We know we'll see that um, coming up. But the big one for me is Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis has exploded Balling. into a National Player of the Year contestant. He's averaging 22.3 points per game. He's doing things I, I saw that haven't been done since Carmelo Anthony and Tim Duncan as far as just kind of overall game. I mean, it's going to be fascinating to see. Do you, do you think Trey McGowan's gets the gets the draw and or, or is going to have to guard him? I would think that Trey would take that challenge. I definitely wouldn't. Have, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, and this is no, no knock. I wouldn't. I wouldn't allow Bryce to take that challenge right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I definitely would let Trey take that challenge and and battle that battle, and um, even even throw Verge on him some. You know, I think Verge would take that challenge as well. Um, and, and, you know, when you look at the Wisconsin situation, you know, and again, whatever I speak is not a knock to a specific player. It's just. When you look at the overall body of it, although Chucky is still trying to find his way as a freshman, right? He hasn't playing like lights out right now. He's he's doing some wonderful things and he's leading the squad. He's doing what point guard stuff do, right? And that's <laughs> you just think about when you when you look at it, you look at that's what you need in Nebraska. That yeah. type of guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. You you like. Dang, you let that one get away, and that's the guy you need who's going to defend his butt off, and he's going to just – he's not selfish. He's going to find the guys. He's going to distribute that rock. And and that's the kind of guy you would want leading your team right now. Uh, Again, this is not a knock to Verge. Verge is not a PG. He's just like me. You know, I had to learn the position, and it's not an easy feat. I mean, shoot, I had to learn it at the highest level. So, you know, it was just a blessing. I had, um, you know, mentors like Derek Harper and, you know, initially Jason Kidd was around. So I just got to sit there and watch him, you know, do his thing. So those are those are the things that kind of helped me to get through watching what they did, watching how they observe, watching how they sit in the bench. Those are things that I think Chucky does just naturally. His his father, Greg Herbert, who we talked to uh, last week has taught him well and they watched film and they broke stuff down. So I'm looking forward to seeing if Nebraska steps up to the challenge. 
a game that is kind of thrown at you kind of quickly. It wasn't something that was where you're looking weak down the road and you're saying, okay, we've got Wisconsin. It kind of comes up. You know you got them, but, you know, now it kind of pops up. Maybe it, you know, just shakes a little little something off of you. Hey, we got one, baby. Let's go. You know, maybe it'll put a charge on them. I'm hoping it does so. And I'm looking forward to the women, too. I want the women yeah. to go out and do, do their thing. They've got to get back off the schneid. It's tough when you got to knock rust off after having such a delay, but – um, hopefully they they prepared. Do you do you see that being a factor maybe in the first few minutes for both those uh, both those teams is is kind of get, getting back into it or is a uh, a week off not really long enough to really have too much rust? Shoot, Wisconsin's Wisconsin's coming off a game they where they they played pretty well um, not too long ago um, against Michigan State team who did them kind of dirt at home so. You know they're they're coming in with fire in their eyes. They're not coming in with lackluster. I I know, like you said, you know, Brad is like, he, you know, he wasn't. I'm sure he got on him a little bit after what Michigan State did to him. I mean, they jumped out to like a eight two eight zero lead and and just gave up the ghost and and never really got back into it. Only got down to eight points at one point. So uh, he's not going to be very happy, and he's not going to let them. You know, go in looking at a six and thirteen Nebraska Nebraska squad that's zero and eight in conference, and let them be the one that clips you. That's that's they're not. He's not going to let them slip like that. Yeah, so they're going to come with their best. Yeah, Nebraska's going to have to earn it. Great guard, one of the better coaches in the Big Ten, uh, and and Nebraska. Uh, yeah, I, I still feel like I know there's missing pieces. They've they've had injuries and all that. There's still the talent to get a few wins here in the Big Ten. Um, that doesn't change from uh, what we thought preseason. Uh, they just need you know a lot of it. A lot it comes down to shooting, and that's been getting better. A uh, pretty good question um, earlier on uh, on uh, earlier here on the ticket uh, by Nick and Rico. They were kind of asking who would you have uh, on the out if you needed a three-pointer it just comes down to you need a three-pointer 10 seconds to go whatever the case may be kind of looking at the Kansas situation last night who would be your five out there um you can give your five if you for want us to. for yeah, us yeah for Nebraska okay. um but specifically to you um it just really comes down to who would you want taking that shot it looks like they've had um Bryce McGowan's um kind of be They've gone to him more, uh, see if he can find something out, and then go to Alonzo if he, if he can't. Um, but who would you want taking the three at that point? C.J. Wiltshire, I think, is their best three-point shooter, but um, is he you know, is he a clutch? Is he a guy that you would expect as a freshman? Um, is he who you would go to probably if you needed a three in the final seconds and you could draw it up perfectly to whoever it would be? Who, who do you think you would draw it up to? <clears throat> I would go with Tamanaga first and then Wiltshire. Mm. Yeah, you know I mean, I mean? both of them are pretty close, and, and both of them, uh, you know, and and Tominaga, sophomore, he's had a little bit more experience at the college level, but not at the at the Big Ten level. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that those are the guys that you want to go to. Maybe not ideal. You'd, you'd like to have a team leader there, but Bryce has just been so inconsistent and pretty bad altogether from three, and he shoots them pretty deep at times. Um, and you, you know, we're, I, we're, I don't I definitely not off the dribble. Right. You know, I, I don't like him off the dribble. I I don't mind him on catch and shoot, square you up. He seems to get his feet set right. I just don't think he plays low enough to where he elevates and, and gets – he seems to come up short. A lot of the times it comes up short, and it's just because he either holds it, he either holds it too long. I think he's holding it too long. He's not releasing it at peak, and he's not getting that full elevation for range. So, um, you know, that's, that's when you have to be able to be low – and get down and then you're raising up and you're at peak and you're letting it go. 
I, I just haven't seen that from him yet. So that's why I, I would definitely not want to see it off the dribble. It seems to get his feet under him a lot better off catch and shoot. So if you can get him on a catch and shoot, you know, Bryce can be pretty good too. It's pretty hard to envision anybody off the dribble getting a very good shot. Tom and I got time is kind of forced to when they need a three and it hasn't gotten very good looks. Um, it, it I don't think anybody time. in the Nebraska team shoots it very good off the dribble. Yeah. Um, you know, right now, I'm not saying that they can't, but right. I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see that they they have that in them now. Tamanaga on transition to pull up is is pretty good, yeah. but going side to side, creating space, and you know, stepping back off of something and shooting it, I, you know, it's very inconsistent for Bryce. I think the one that has the most capability because of his elevation and rise is Trey. Trey's probably the the best of, of, of the ones off the dribble. And, and we'll see. Hopefully Trey, uh, you know, can kind of add to that. We're still um, getting back into the action. You, There's less of that uh, um, excuse, I suppose. As and, and we all kind of wanted Nebraska to kind of make some hay before Trey was able to come back. But now uh, he looks healthy, and you hope that he can really add to this team, especially when you go up against the Johnny Davises and uh, maybe the Keegan Murrays out there from Iowa. I mean, the, the Big Ten's got some dudes in it, so you need your perimeter defender out there. Uh, we'll take a quick break here on, on the block. Lock on 93.7 The Ticket. Uh, we will come back here in just a few minutes. And uh, we have a shooting, shootout with Strick here after this segment. But coming up next, let's do some Baseball Hall of Fame selection talk here in about a half an hour. It will be announced whether Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens or maybe both of them get in. Uh, I think we're both on the side of arguing on their behalf, getting them into the Hall of Fame finally. We'll talk about why next here on The Block on 93.7 The Ticket. 